1: And I wonder if you can remember what has happened before this passage, because the context of this is really important. Um, Peter and John have just been arrested and put in jail and told to shut up. That's the big thing to remember. They have been told, do not speak about the Lord. And they've just been released. And this is when we come to our reading. Acts 4, starting at 23. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And then the rest of it is great fun, but I won't read it. That's for next week. And I'd be wary of trying to bring out great spiritual principles from this. What I want to note today is the example of these men of God. What happens when they face a setback? What happens when they face persecution? What happens when they are told to be silent? When they are even imprisoned for proclaiming that Jesus is alive? What is their reaction? It is to pray. When Peter and John tell them all that's happened... They said, look, this is what we've been told, which means they've been, we've been told to shut up. Verse 24, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. What is our response to setbacks? What is your response when you face adversity? What is your response if you've actually even faced any kind of persecution or if someone has said something against you for your faith? This is an amazing response of faith. Their immediate response is to turn to God in prayer. And then not only do they turn to God in prayer, but they seal this through the word of God. They Actually, they're able to, by the Holy Spirit, remember what God has spoken in Psalm 2. And they know that the principle that God actually has sent his anointed one, that God is sovereign. Do you see, their prayer starts in 24 with sovereign Lord. They begin with the principle of God. You've made everything. You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So they're saying, Lord, we trust you here. And then the bit that always gets me, verse 28, they said they were just saying that Herod and Pontius Pilate did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Such is their trust in God that in this moment of persecution, they're saying, well, God, this is just confirming what we know that you are going to do anyway. What faith that is. And I, as I say, I'm wary of being like, well, OK, in the case of persecution or today, if you face a difficult circumstance, you need to immediately get together with the people, quote Psalm 2 and then pray. And then, or the other extreme would be to say we don't always have to try and rationalise everything that happens. We're not always going to have an explanation for something. We're not always going to be able to turn to a psalm and say, well, look, Lord, Lord, clearly this is what you said would happen. What this speaks to is the internal culture of our hearts, because as the word says, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So is the internal uh, circumstances of our life. Is our heart one of faith and trust in God? Because that's what gets revealed under times of pressure and times of persecution. It's what's within us. That's what's come out. And so when we read this, we need to be stirred again that. This is an amazing example of faith that actually would be amazing to see operative in our lives. But it's not just that we need to have faith. They're not just encouraged by um, persecution. They've been encouraged by seeing Jesus at work. Remember, they're so full of faith here because they've seen God and in his power working. And this just reminds us, prayer isn't just something that's like a good spiritual discipline. It's not just a nice thing to do. It's actually we're seeking God to move. And when we do, we're supposed to be encouraged. And with that is supposed to stir and grow our faith even more so that our response to any situation, especially persecution, is to immediately to raise our voices to God in prayer and say, Sovereign Lord, you've made everything. You're holding all this together. We trust you. And in effect, that's the kind of thing we're coming to do today. We're coming to God to pray in response to everything that's going on. We want to be those who respond in prayer, who trust God through his word and what he said and trust his nature. Even trusting that what God is his power and his will is at work, even in a time like this. So let me just pray. Lord, I pray that as we go through this prayer time together, you'd give us a, a huge attitude of faith towards you. We say that we trust you today. Guide us now.
0: Amen. Thanks Tim so much for that and uh, Tim's been reminding us there that the reaction to a crisis from those first disciples from Peter and John and the others was to pray and they prayed to our sovereign Lord. They could trust God that he has the power and he will act even in a time like this. So it'd be wonderful if you might like to pray today for God to bring good out of this crisis that he might bring good out of the crisis. We've already seen ways, and we can thank him for that, for ways that more people have been going to church, more people have been praying. There's been a slowing down of manic busyness. But let's uh, thank God for that, and let's pray that God would continue to bring good out of the crisis. And then secondly, let's also pray that God would bring an end to this crisis. Um, and we can pray for those politicians we can pray for those on the front line uh, nhs workers bus drivers delivery drivers the police etc etc so this morning why not pray for god to bring good out of this crisis and for pray for god to bring an end to this crisis thanks for joining us on HDC daily